This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is either a really early Saturday morning on June 19th or really late Friday night on June 18th, depending on where you are in the country watching this or listening to this podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host Paul Zartman, who is back this week. You're listening and watching another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Paul, great to have you back. Missed you last week. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Um, ha- had some uh, date night stuff planned last week uh, before, you know, the NBA decided they needed to have TNT on Friday night so or on Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm back this week. Well, we are getting closer and closer to the TBS AEW partnership starting in 2022. But the good news we can announce tonight is this is the last Friday night dynamite, at least for the foreseeable future next week's is going to be Saturday night at eight o'clock PM Eastern time. And then June 30th on back to Wednesday nights. And tonight was the last tape show they have planned at least for a long time. Cause next Saturday's live. So. Yeah. Uh, I I'm kind of glad they taped it ahead of time. Otherwise, you know, there might've been changes to the card tonight since, you know, Cody and Brandy had a baby today. Right, yeah, and congratulations to Cody and Brandy Rhodes on uh, their baby girl, Liberty, uh, Iris, Reynolds, Reynolds. and then also congratulations to John Moxley and his wife, Renee Paquette, earlier this week on uh, baby girl, Nora. So. Yeah, uh, AEW's kicking out babies. The next they generations sure of wrestlers are being born. They sure are. Um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, Mox has been off TV for a few weeks now and probably will be for a few more weeks uh, from everything I've been reading and listening to. It doesn't sound like Cody's going to take any time off. Would you expect anything less from maybe, Cody? Maybe, at this maybe point? a few weeks here and there or a week here and there, yeah. but I don't think he's going to take yeah. as many consecutive weeks as we've seen Mox off TV. Right. Well, I mean, they kind of have different roles within the company. Cody's Very an true. EVP. Mox is just a guy. Very true. Good point. Good point. So, but um, unless you got anything else you want to cover, let's dive right into tonight's dynamite, shall we? Let's do this. All right. Um, the show kicked off in great fashion with Jake Hager, Jericho at his ring, and Wardlow or versus Wardlow and Sean Spears. This was an MMA rules cage fight. Uh, Wardlow had his back turned to Hager as he got into the ring, which is kind of, you know, that big show of disrespect. They announced there will be three five-minute rounds. No judges. Only way to win is knockout, TKO, or submission. Um, Aubrey Edwards said, you know, we we did the rules backstage. You can touch gloves if you want to. Let's get to this. They did not touch gloves. Uh, the The first round was kind of a slow moving round. Hager got a punch to the face of Wardlow, uh, then clocked him with a kick to the leg. Hager goes for a takedown, but Wardlow just lifts and throws Hager away. Hager, with a double leg takedown, then backs away from it, almost taunting Wardlow. Uh, As the round progressed, it was kind of the same thing. Another takedown. 
ground and pound for a moment and then hops back uh hager hops back to his feet Wardlow hit a big shot that drops hager hager got back up but gets stuffed against the cage wardlow lifts and drops hager to the mat hager got back up and both are throwing wild haymakers at each other as the first round came to an end wardlow did hit a springboard superman punch off the cage which was something I was a little intrigued to see. But um, Hager was getting on a bike, basically, is what it looked like, as Wardlow chased him down with swing while swinging away. It was close, but the bell rings to save Hager. At this point, I thought Hager was going to say, I'm done. I mean, I... <laughs> my prediction for this was Hager to win, and at the end of the first round... It did not favor Hager. Uh, yeah, interesting way to start the show. Um, I honestly thought going into tonight, I thought this was going to be the main event, and I thought the main event was going to be the opener. I'm glad I was wrong. I think it was a good decision to open this up and because it, it's just different, something you don't see a ton in professional wrestling. It was MMA rules, just like you would see on a UFC um, show, you know, uh, three five-minute rounds at least for a non-title fight. That's what you'd see in the UFC. Um, and then also um, you can only win by TKO, submission, all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the jab by Hager. I mean, he hit him with an actual jab early in, in and I'm sure Wardlow wanted him to. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they talked about that backstage. And it kind of started out in the first round, kind of like a mixed shooting work. And then as the fight progressed in the round two and three, which I, I know you're going to recap here, it turned in more to a work, you could tell. I mean, the haymakers weren't really landing as stiff. Um, we saw a hurricanrana, uh, uh, there we go, um, from Warlow, which that would not happen in an MMA fight, but it was very entertaining to watch him do that. And a few other spots here and there, but um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's something I don't really want to see them revisit, um, or I don't want to see them do this too often with Jake Hager, but it was fun to do it for one week. Yeah, um, and as we got into round two, uh, Wardlow came out strong. He ended round one not really wanting to stop. He wanted to keep going because, I mean, Wardlow's not used to, oh, you go five minutes, now you stop. You go, you sure. stop. So he's used to just going and going and going. Uh, I think that kind of cost him in the end. Um, again, there was the Huracarana that you mentioned. Hager got down on Wardlow uh, at one point. They're going back and forth with arm breakers. We saw a uh, ankle lock, which I thought was a nice little throwback to his WWE days. I haven't seen him do that since. I don't recall. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. But uh, Hager ended up getting out, or uh, Wardlow got out of that and gets Hager into a head arm triangle. Wardlow gets up on his shoulders. Hager slips out, drops Wardlow, locks him into the head arm triangle again as Wardlow fades out, giving him the middle, well, giving Jericho the middle finger. And Hager won via TKO as Riff Aubrey Edwards stopped the match. After the match, though, things kind of broke down. Uh, we had um, Jericho came in. Spears runs in and drops Hager. Jericho jumps in and gets attacked by both of the Pinnacle members. The four kind of go back and forth for a little bit. MJF runs into the cage, rips off Jericho's arm pad, locks him in an arm bar, and Jericho taps out. Of course, it's post-match. Nothing really they can do about it except tell him to stop. Dean Malenko got in there, though, and shoves MJF off of Jericho, which... I was amazed to see. I wasn't expecting Malenko to get into the ring. Um, MJF initially doesn't want to attack Malenko, but ends up giving him a forearm shot. And then Sammy comes running out, jumps into the cage, literally, as uh, Spear, a hit knocks down Spears, MJF, and Wardlow escaped getting away from Guevara. Yeah, um, you were talking about Malenko. He, he takes the bump from MJF. So we have Malenko taking the bump and Ted DiBiase taking the bump all in the same week around wrestling, all 60-plus years old. 
didn't see that coming this week. No, no, it's been an interesting week. Um, I think Arn kind of showed that you can do it. Arn took a bump pretty quickly on in his career with AEW. Um, we've seen Tully take some bumps. Seen Jake take Jake some bumps. Take, yeah, of course. So Steam guys, take some bumps. Yeah, these guys are saying, "Look, we may not be in here full time, but we can still take a bump." Darn it! Right, <laughs> right. I like the post uh, match little skirmish there. I was hoping FTR and Pr- Proud and Powerful would get in there, but we didn't see their team, even though we saw them cut some promos or uh, some vignettes on each other later yep. on. I'm hyping up a future match, but uh, no good stuff. All good stuff. It pushes the pinnacle and, and uh, inner circle rivalry going forward. Hager gets another win over or gets a win over Wardlow, which Wardlow beat him in the one-on-one wrestling match the first time. But like, like you predicted, Paul, they didn't want to mess with his undefeated MMA record. So even if it was a fake scripted um, work of a fight, but um, yeah, all good stuff. I, I enjoyed the start of the show. Um, speaking of MJF real quick, he's been in the news the last couple days. Um, did you see that he launched his own uh, cryptocurrency? Crypt- yeah, thank you, cryptocurrency. Yeah, uh, I was on Robinhood trying to find it. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I was going to sell all it's, my other cryptocurrency and invest in that, but I can't find it. Well, it's it's. I mean, there's a link right there. You can go on on it on his Twitter and go to it. It's pretty cheap right now. Um, I don't foresee anybody becoming like a millionaire off this, <laughs> but you never know what's going to happen on Wall Street. I mean. Cryptocurrency is a new hot thing out there with Bitcoin and Dodge and, and, and all these other companies. So it's interesting. I could also see this just being the ultimate heel tactic by MJF and everybody starts losing their money and he just makes fun of people on Twitter. But uh, interesting, yeah. interesting way to get us to promote himself out there, kind of in like a third party fashion, sort of. Yeah, not something you see a whole lot of. So I'm interested to see what does happen from this, whether it be just him being a heel and basically making everybody lose money. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yep. Stock market's very unpredictable. Uh, is it ever? That's, that's well <laughs> said. Um, so after we see... MJF and Wardlow make their way backstage. We get a glimpse of Guevara real quick. Then it cuts to a quick teaser for AEW Rampage. And if Rampage is going to be anything like the teasers we saw tonight, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting show. It starts August 13th, of course. It's going to be a Friday night show. live or Not live every week, but it's going to be on TV every week, 10 to 11, one-hour show. Um, I, I'm, digging, I'm digging the logo. Um, digging the presentation and the teaser tonight. AW always does a really good job with their teasers. Um, yeah, yeah, it should be should be interesting. Um, as everybody that's listened and watched this <laughs> podcast the last few weeks, I'm not huge on these Friday night shows, but being that it's one hour and a little different, and we'll get over at eleven. Um, I, I think I'm I'm more in, uh, up up for those these these late ones like this that go from <laughs> ten to midnight kind of kind of wear on me a little bit. Yeah, and uh, like you said, our show, it'll be over yeah. by 11. Right. You can still get to bed before midnight. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, after the teaser video, we went backstage with Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta as they cut a little vignette promo against uh, the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. Uh, Frankie Kazarian says he's a man who's very hungry for revenge against the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. And he's planning on leaving them in a pile of their own despair. Eddie Kingston goes on as he does. He's the king of promos, cuts a great promo, says basically, you know, pray to your God because you're mine. And uh, Penta just throws up zero Mieto. And that's that. Good promos by all three guys. I yeah. Mean, I know Penta's was extremely short, but I liked Frank well, Frankie's work on the mic. Eddie's fire on the mic like he is as always uh i'm digging this uh elite hunter gimmick of, of frankie um i like yep. the direction that's fresh it's something different um i talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast so yeah i, I like it i mean it's um I, i've enjoyed kind of the split up of F- scu even though we haven't seen um cd christopher daniels on tv at all well until tonight we got a preview of a match that they lied, they tagged together again. 
but that was for State Farm, so that's something completely different. But yeah, that was kind of cool to do that for a fan. Sure. Um, after the promo for the trios match coming up tonight, we see a backstage segment with Team Taz with Hook, Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Taz says, you know, there are issues within the group. Tell Stark the problems with him and Cage need to stop. Hobbs isn't happy about being left out there, and then Taz challenges Hangman to a match against Hobbs next week on Dynamite. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. That's two yeah. uh, two heavy hitters right there. Um, good little history going for the storyline of um, also – you know they're they're keeping the storyline with Brian Cage going moving forward, so I'm intrigued by that. But I was all, I couldn't help but wonder tonight when they were doing the promo backstage. When are we gonna When are we gonna see Hook in a match with Dynamite? I don't know. They need to do something with him. I mean, he just stands there. I mean, he gets involved yeah. in their matches, does the dirty work and the distractions up on the apron and everything. But we're seeing more and more young guys make their debut. I'm I'm ready to see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think he's cracked a mic yet. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. doing my. And I gotta admit, I I'm not a huge wa- wa- watcher, uh, weekly watcher of Dark Elevation or Dark. Maybe he's done some stuff over there, but as far as Dynamite, he hasn't done a whole lot besides interfering matches. Right, and that's you know that's always the thing. You can do great things on Dynamite and Elevation or Dark and Elevation, but I want to see it on Dynamite. That's the yep. prime show. Yep. Um, next we get a handicap match. The men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Darby Allen, starts off Allen just nonstop and as usual, holds nothing back, just attacks everybody. Lands a big springboard arm drag on Page to the corner, and uh, Page ends up tagging out. Sky runs into a drop toe hold for a cover of two. Allen sent into the ropes page with a knee to the back. Allen pops him, goes for a springboard coffin drop, and he's caught. This seems to happen to Darby a lot. I mean, this man needs to stop trying to do the coffin drop right away. He needs to get him worked down a little bit and then do it. Uh, Lots of back-and-forth action throughout the entire match. Um, Very close calls. I thought at a couple different points that... Darby was going to pull this thing off, especially when he pulls out the zip tie, puts it around Page's feet, and tosses Page out to the floor. I was like, okay, he's going to go in. He's going to get Sky. He's going to hit the coffin drop. It's going to be over. But that was not the case. Um, Allen did hit a over-the-top stunner on Sky, heads to the top rope for the coffin drop pin. And again, Page yanks Allen out to the floor because Page was able to get a toolbox and find some cutters and cut the zip ties. Grabs Allen, whips him into the ring post, back into the ring. Allen is still down. Page and Allen go up top. Page tries for a superplex, but Allen fights it off and bites Page, headbutts him off. Allen ends up getting crotched by Sky and Page with the ego's edge and the cover of one, two, three. They needed this win. Yeah, good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, I always enjoy watching Darby Allen work. I mean, how can you not? The guy moves at a thousand miles per hour and does crazy things all over the ring. And, and I like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I like them both as individual talents. I wasn't so sure when they started teaming up, but I've grown to really uh, like them as a tag team over the past two months or so, I should say. Um, but I'm ready for this feud to end. But unfortunately, with the result tonight, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I think yeah. the right guys went out, got over Ethan and, and uh, Scorpio needed that win, and, and Darby can afford a loss at this point. Oh yeah, AEW's built him up good enough where he can afford losses like this. It's not going to hurt him. I was surprised that Sting actually stayed home. I thought he was going to make an appearance, and I even told you, I think eventually we'll see some tension between those two down the road. That's just kind of the vibe I was getting from last week's promo when Darby was really pleading with them, please stay home. I just felt like, eh, Sting's going to end up showing up trying to save his butt, and there's going to be some tension between the two down the road. I don't know who goes heel or whatnot, or if either of them have to or whatever, but um, that's why I'm not good at predicting AEW, and that's why I enjoy it so much, because they're not as predictable as other wrestling companies I've I've watched in the past. Um, but, no, I enjoyed this match. I think the right team won, but I'm just ready for kind of a new, fresh feud. Uh, with everybody involved, but I don't think we're going to get that uh, uh, just yet. No, I think uh, some of these are going to carry out through 
at least a big dynamite before they come to an end and then start working on something new heading to all out. I did love the zip tie spot though that you brought up and then, yeah. and then he had to get the cutters cut. I thought that was really creative and innovative and uh, I thought that was the way that Darby was going to get the win, honestly. Yeah, so did I. I said, okay, zip tie's out. He's not getting out of that. Yep. My boss zip ties everything at work. I know how hard those no, things are to get off. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, next up, we had Orange Cassidy with the best friends and Chris Statlander, which I'm sure she's just part of the best friends. They just don't want to call her that yet. Yeah. Uh, versus Cesar Bononi. Yep. And you got the wingmen. I'm, I'm not, not digging that. Group. I'm, no. I'm not. I mean, I, I know they are definitely dark elevation and dark, and they do a bunch. And they're on Sammy's vlog, and uh, and actually they're on BTU mostly now. They're not even on Sammy's vlog. Yeah. I think they're on BTE. I I watch them both and get the bits <laughs> confused from time to time. Yeah. Um, now BTE especially and BTE dark. Especially they're, they're in the rating rating wars now. So <laughs> amongst YouTube, um, I just. This group doesn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. And, and no. as you know, Paul and the listeners, viewers know, I'm I'm not the biggest Orange Cassidy guy. I, I did admit to you tonight, he is growing on me a tad. He's still got a little ways to go, but I know the company's definitely pushing him. We can see that. And I, and I like that, like this week when Tony Khan was in New York doing the publicity for uh, Dynamite Grand Slam on September 22nd from Arthur, Arthur Ashe Stadium in, in New York, which is going to, we'll talk more about that later, which is going to be awesome. Orange Cassidy was the superstar with him. Thought that was pretty cool on, on all the media and everything. Yep. So, um, neat little way to a, get Orange out there a little more. But we knew Orange wasn't going to lose this match. I mean, it went no. how we thought. Um, there was some fun spots here and there, um, but also some yeah. goofiness. Yeah. Um, I didn't get the whole spray tan, gel him up, just trying to make him look better. It all out and then, yeah. you know, uh, put a jacket but, on him. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those you have to, dispense your belief because i mean to think that cesar would just be knocked out from an orange punch like that from a smaller guy but it is what it is that's part of pro wrestling and uh yep no it was fine for what it was i mean it was just a predictable match but that's all right my uh favorite spot of the match probably was when uh trent and chuck launched cassidy up and over that was really got some high elevation off of that uh, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did. Some, I mean, I was not expecting that. That was definitely something different. Um, it was nice to see, but overall, you know, he gets the stun dog millionaire or whatever it's called. Yep, uh, nails three different guys with an orange punch and then mm-hmm. pins Benoni one, two, three. I mean, yep. at least it was as clean as you can get in a match like that. Yeah, and it wasn't a squash match. I mean, right. I mean, right. I thought it might be after we, when we got back from commercial break, they went right into Orange's entrance without giving Cesar an uh, entrance at all, which they do that to him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's okay. Maybe he doesn't have music yet, and they just don't want to admit it. Oh, I think he's got music. I, I've seen it on uh, Elevation from one of the matches I've seen. I just don't recall what it is. But it just, you know, you got that time limit, so every every second counts. So yeah, cutting a little bit out. Um, next we go backstage as Alex Marvez is talking with jungle boy about the upcoming match. Start hearing some honking of a horn. This is getting repetitive. I mean, every elite's been in, there's been in a horn at some point. Didn't, didn't care for this at all. No, no. Um, Callis Nakazawa or MT Nakazawa as they're calling him now for whatever reason. Uh, (laughs) And Omega roll up. Omega's in jeans, a t-shirt, no belts. And he says he's going to give uh, or tells Jungle Boy he's never been in a street fight. Ask Jungle Boy what he's got. He says, I'm not going to fight you here. I'd rather beat you in the ring next week. And Omega says, you know what? Fine. Here, I'll give you the first shot for free. Jungle Boy finally says, you know what? Screw this. I'll hit him. Walk away. Takes his bag off. Takes his jacket off. Gives Marvez his phone. And then gets attacked by Nakazawa with the laptop to the back. Uh, the Omega and Jungle Boy kind of exchange blows for a little bit until Omega goes running off, jumps in the golf cart, drives off screaming, I'll get you next week. 
Yeah, yeah, he sent uh, Nagazawa right to the Sharks. Nagazawa was trying to get in, too, and he kicks him right into Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy lays yeah. him out with a forearm to the face. But uh, I think it's going to be a fun match next week. Crowd's going to be hot for Jungle Boy. I expect just a really good main event. Oh, yeah. I expect Kenny to retain, but in a good main event. Um, but I just don't care for this build. I mean, at least they gave it a few weeks instead of giving it to him right after double or nothing, like they normally do with the winners of the Casino Battle Royale. But it's just not doing much for me. And, and I found it really weird that we haven't seen Luchasaurus or Marco really in any of the spots. Um, but but at the same time, I do kind of like that because it's making Jungle Boy seem like a bigger star in his own because eventually he is going to break away from the group. And let's be honest, he has the brightest future out of the three, not nothing against Marco or Luchasaurus. Right. Um, but right. um, Jungle Boy's definitely a future star. And uh, yeah, look and see what he can do on, on the bright lights next week. But I'm not yep. expecting him to, to win. And happy belated birthday to Jungle Boy, by yeah. the way. We were discussing this uh, earlier this week. I told you he was turning 24, and you went, you're kidding me. I thought he was turning <laughs> like 26 or 27. I mean, yeah. still young. And nope, 24. I was like, wow, this kid, yeah, bright future. Yeah. Of him's an understatement. And that's kind of why I think with your statement, you know, it's no offense against Marco or Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is older. Um, as we know, he's got a master's degree that takes some time to get. <laughs> yeah. Marco is a jobber. He is. He's he's a special I mean, attraction. I mean, he's very yeah. talented for his size and everything. Yes, yes. But, but there's just not enough. You'd need, you know, like guys like Hornswoggle or something to come in to really give him some competition. So, I mean, of the three, you got Jungle Boy, which I agree with you. I think Luchasaurus will turn heel and attack him and put him out somehow. <laughs> Eventually, I think it'll be good when it happens. Yeah. Now, if there was any question as to whether this week's episode was taped or not, this gave away that it was because we went from that with Alex Marvez to Alex Marvez backstage Very talking true. to Matt Hardy about his feud with Christian Cage. Very true. Uh, Hardy says they had a handshake agreement before the Casino Battle Royale, and Christian broke it, so that's why he's been attacking him the past few weeks. Hardy tells Christian, um, or Christian comes running in. They slam him into a fenced-in area, lock it so he can't get out. Christian's banging on the fence trying to get out. Hardy says, I just want to talk. Offers Christian a check to retire and go back home. And I think he said with your daughter, didn't he? Yeah, spend time with your daughter, something okay. like that. Okay, see, that was, I didn't realize Christian had kids. I should probably have realized that, but I did not realize that. Uh, Christian then tells him to open the door. Hardy says he's going to end Christian's career if he doesn't stop. Tells him that some alone time will do him good, and they head off. Yeah, I, I mentioned this last week on, on, on the podcast. Um, SRS tweeted this, Sean Rossap, a fightful for all those who aren't familiar with, with him or the abbreviation. He mentioned last week, and I found this really fascinating, that Matt Hardy and Christian have only had two one-on-one -on -one singles matches on TV against each other in their career, with the latest one being back in 03, and Matt Hardy won both of those. I, I, I like that we're going to probably get another match between these two somewhere down the line. I don't yeah. see Matt Hardy coming out of this one victorious, though. No, no. Um, I think Matt's closer to retirement than Christian. Which and, is crazy because Christian was retired for seven years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's kind of why I say yeah. that because Christian took those seven years off, let sure. his body recoup. Matt's been nonstop. So yeah. unless he was injured, Matt's been wrestling in some form or another. I'm just uh, glad Matt's been relatively healthy in 2021 for AW because 2020 yeah. was a disaster for him. Oof. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. Make your debut. Everybody's hyped and you get, you know, everything with COVID, then you get injury after injury after injury. Yeah. Poor guy. Yep. Uh, next, we had uh, the Cody Rhodes, Brock Anderson versus, versus QT Marshall and Aaron Solo tag match. Of course, Arn Anderson and Nick Camarado were both ringside. Um, Anderson decided to start things off, which I thought was kind of cool. You know, you get your debut and now you're starting the match off that really shows that you have what it takes to get in there and go as long as you need to. Um, 
Solo and Anderson get things started as Solo throws a shot. Anderson ends up in the wrong corner. Cody jumps in to back him out and say, you know, kind of, hey, look, here, here's where you don't want to go. Uh, Anderson's working over the wrist of Solo, but Solo's trying to pull back on Anderson's hair to get out of it, which Anderson doesn't have a whole lot. He's kind of like no. dad. Uh, Anderson hit a kip up, flips over Solo as Marshall tags in. QT wants Cody, but Anderson gets in a shot, then tags in Cody. QT quickly retreats and tags in Solo, which that doesn't surprise me with QT. <laughs> Cody hit a shot on Solo, and then a suicide dive out to Marshall, Marshall, whatever we're going. That's to what he wants the announcers to call him. JR's like, no, I'm not going to call him that. Well, of course, and JR calls Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy Jack, and. Jungle Boy doesn't want Jack associated with his name. So, you yeah, know, he's trying, to, does, he's does. trying to do the Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin type rub off on Jungle Boy. It's not yep. the same. It, it's, it's not his thing. Though. But eventually I get where he's coming from. <laughs> Jungle Boy's going to have to drop the Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, because he's gimmick. You know, once he's 35, he doesn't look like a boy anymore, you know? Well, so, the young bucks are still the young bucks and they don't look right, so young anymore. So, right. The middle aged I mean, bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Solo dodges an arm drag and hits a double stomp to Cody's back. QT tags back in. Cody's able to fight his way out of a bad situation. Flips out of a move by QT and tags in Anderson. He sends Solo out to the floor, then hits QT with a bunch of shoulder thrusts in the corner. Anderson with a stalled back body drop. And I got to say, watching... Brock move in the ring reminded me of his dad, especially with those shoulder thrusts. Absolutely. He looked like a young arm. I mean, the guy, yeah. it, it was creepy last week when he made his debut mm. on TV. I'm like, holy cow, with like, since he has a little more hair, Arn didn't have that much hair 30 years ago. I'm like, that is like, it was freaky. I was looking like, I'm like, that's yeah. a clone of Arn 30 years ago. Yep. Uh, it goes back and forth throughout the rest of the match. QT hit a spine buster right in front of Arn. Arn was spine not to impressed the pine. by that at all whatsoever. Uh, Cody gets a figure four on Solo, who quickly grabbed the bottom rope. I don't know why Cody went for it right there. I mean, I think he was just in the heat of the moment. He's just going, 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 going. Yeah. And just, I, I think that was all he could do. Uh, Cody puts Solo on top with a punch to the face. QT gets involved and eats a Canadian destroyer, which was cool. In my opinion, I liked the transition of into that move. I wasn't expecting that. No, I agree. Uh, Solo got a trunk roll up on Cody for a two count. He lands a corkscrew kick for a pin, but Anderson breaks it up. Anderson tags in and hits a big shot to Solo. He sends Cody to the corner and he leaps off for the shot on QT. Solo tries for a move on Anderson, but gets reversed by Anderson into a jackknife pin for the victory. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I um, I thought going into the match, I kind of had a feeling that we were going to see Brock turn on Cody. I was seeing that all over Twitter. Yeah, all day today and, and yesterday even. I just had a weird vibe. I'm like, he's going to do what Cody Rhodes did to Hardcore Holly, Bob Holly, back in 07. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't. Um, I keep waiting for somebody to turn off Cody and take him off TV for a little bit and just kind of do what happened to Dusty years ago. But, uh, no, this was a fine match. I thought Brock looked pretty good for his debut. A little clunky here and there, but that's expected. I think the kid's got a bright future. I'm anxious to see what, what he's going to do in the company. As far as the storyline goes... I, I just I'm not digging it. I no. I, I was at first when when they first had the Nightmare Factory turn on the Nightmare Family, but now I'm just I'm kind of over it. I I just want I want Cody in more of a main event story than this middle middle card story. Yeah, and it doesn't obviously have to be for the AEW title unless right. you know no, just, he's going to turn heel, but. Something main event. Cody deserves it. I mean, Cody against Andrade. Give me it right now, please. I will take that any day of the week, honestly. That yep. was a match I wanted to see when both of them were in their previous company. Never yep. happened because uh, they didn't, weren't in there a whole right. lot together. But I'm still a little scared, Paul. I hope they don't do it. I'm still a little scared they're going to try to go with Cody American versus Miro. 
anti-American TNT title. I hope I'm wrong because honestly, we don't need Cody going for the TNT title again at this point. And we've done the, we've already did the American versus un-American thing with the go-go and, and WWE did the John Cena and Rusev thing. We, we don't need to revisit that. I, I just, I'm just kind of scared of going to, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping Cody realizes, okay, the first time we tried this, it didn't work well, although right. I got to use the American dream. Right. Um, and I've noticed he kept the flag in his Titan Tron, yeah. which was kind of cool. Um, and then I, you know, I hope he goes, well, Miro, you've already done this as Rusev against Cena. Let's no, let's not. Yeah. It, no, I don't want to see it happen. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I, I just want to see Cody in a big time feud at all out. I, I want this nightmare factory stuff to end on one of these special dynamites eventually. Cause I don't, as of right now, I don't, I don't really see what the end, end no. game is. No, I mean, it started like it was going to be something fun, but yeah, it quickly turned into I mean, something. I mean, I mean, the nightmare different. factory's just taking L after L after L. They haven't won too much. I mean, yeah. they did win, uh, Gogo and QT won over Cody and, and um, um, Lee Johnson. But besides that, I don't really remember any wins that they've racked up. Dark and elevation. Yeah. Where it's all been. Yeah. Um, there we go. My computer froze for a minute. I noticed that. <laughs> I was still there. I could still hear you. I could, I could hear the audio. I wasn't too worried about it. I wasn't too worried about it. Up next, we went into a random building. And I mean random building. This thing looks like it's falling apart. Uh recently caught fire or something. I mean, it just looked crazy. Uh, Jake Roberts talked it's, it's about Lance and Jake. They always do promos and vignettes in the weirdest freaking places. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jake's talking about Lance Archer wanting to strike soon as he's running out of patience, which is why he's not a doctor. I didn't get that point. But, I mean, it was a nice little pun off of running at. He's got no patience, patience, patience. But, yeah. I mean, maybe if, you know, he had like a master's degree or something that might be more of a, oh, okay. But I mean, I just, we're right back to where we've been with Archer. I'm so tired of this. They get him, get in, him nice in the title line, picture and he then loses and then back to just promos. And it's like, yep. oh my God, you're wasting. I'm not wasting him, but he's not the youngest of guys. Like, no, his shelf life is getting pretty short. And see, this is what's, this is what's worrying me. We talked about this as everybody got released. Braun yeah. Strowman. Yeah. Mark Henry was quoted saying that he wants Strowman yeah. in AEW. Are they saving Archer to take on Strowman? Is that what would, we're going to see? I still would be very surprised if Braun becomes all elite, to be honest. I would. Well, do, I don't think they need him, after but, his indie rates, but yeah, I, mean, I, I think that, and I think the comments he made about indie wrestling hurt him last year. But yeah. they could be. I mean, they do need another big guy or two, but it's just the whole booking of Archer ever since, um, really, ever since he lost to Cody, has been frustrating to me. So absolutely, I completely agree. Archer is a dominant force, and he's too talented to be used how they're using him. So I know. I mean, the first time I saw Archer, he walks across the top rope and moonsaults off of it. Absolutely. I mean, that's. I mean, very few guys in the world can do that, especially at his height. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up next, Jr. sits down with Andrade, and again, I'm just leaving it as Andrade. Oh, <laughs> yeah, have at it. Yeah. Uh, he asked him, you know, why AEW now? Andrade says, you know, there's a lot of stars in AEW, but I'm a superstar. Uh, he talks about he wants and deserves an opportunity for both the TNT title and AEW world title. Uh, he says those are his next steps. JR asks about why Vicky introduced him. He says they have a great connection because their respective family histories and pro wrestling. He continues that they have a big surprise coming up as the segment closes. I've already seen all over Twitter. What's the big surprise? I, I th what do you think? I, I think what you texted me earlier. Um, I mean, it's no, no, no secret that 
Eddie, one of Eddie Guerrero's daughters has been training to become a professional wrestler. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Selena Vega popped in my head right away, um, but I'm not sure what her status is right now, really out there as, as a free agent. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I It's just interesting, but, but I, I loved this sit down. I thought Andrade, and, and the guy's working hard on his English. That's one thing that he struggles with. He's working very hard at it. So I give yeah. him props on that. He just oozes charisma. He oozes oh, superstar. Yeah. I loved it. And I want them to keep him away from doing a match for like another month. Let it yep. just simmer. Let us all want to see and then make what it a really big deal. Do. Yep. Because so, I, I, oh God, I, I, cause I really do think they're going to use him the right way and it's going to be one of their better acquisitions. Okay. Something that just dawned on me because you said Selena Vega. Yeah. Her and her husband. Yeah, if he doesn't go back to WWE, which is now the latest rumor, as they've got Samoa Joe back, there's rumors that they could get Alistair Black, Alistair yeah. Black back. Um, but, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, because in, in the first round of releases, are going to be eligible here less than a month, so it's going to get interesting. Um, I just, I think they will put Andrade in a big storyline, a big, a big feud, and that's where they need him. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in it, and, and you can't can't forget. I think it's like August 14th or something. I might have the date wrong. Uh, Triple Mania, Kenny versus Andrade for the Triple A title. Yep, and uh, I'm calling it now. Andrade wins it. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to discuss real quick. So we got that Slammiversary is going to be Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega for the Impact. I could see Sammy taking that off of him. I think Sammy's the guy they really want to push. I'm not the biggest Sammy Callahan fan. I never really have got into his stuff. But no. So if if he loses those two titles, All Out could be the time where Kenny loses the AEW title and goes from no collector to having none. And, and, and I wouldn't have said it. that. I wouldn't have said that a month or two ago. I yeah, At the start of the year, I predicted he'd go all through 2021 without dropping the title. But – well, we'll get into the seed planet here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, so if he does, does he drop it to Hangman? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the seed was planted tonight again. And speaking of Hangman and that seed, uh, we're in the Dark Order Hangout. I prefer to call it the Layer. The Layer. Uh, <laughs> and Marvez asked Hangman about facing Power Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs next week. Uh, Paige accepts the challenge. You know, says, but hey, right now I'm with my friends. I'm drinking beer. I'm not worried about anything else. Uh, Marves mentions Kenny Omega Jungle Boy next week. Paige brings up a bunch of other things, talking about Silver Shoulder being better. Um, 10 winning last week. Evil Uno putting on the performance of a lifetime. Even though he didn't win, he's still a champion to them. Talks about Five's new jacket, and, eh, and that's nice. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, again, he doesn't answer. This is the third time, second or third yeah, time now. but it's the first time they've done it in a while. That's why yeah. I like the time. Like, they were bringing him back, and he's still – so it's long-term storytelling. There's those seeds again. They, they don't do this yep. stuff on accident. They're doing it for a reason. Um, Up next, we had Penelope Ford versus um, – Oh, I just lost her name. Julia Hart. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went too far down on my page. Um, both were working wrist holds until Ford takes down Hart with a side headlock. There was a lot of back and forth action. Of course, yeah. we went to picture and picture pretty quick into this match. And something that disappointed me again is when picture and picture ends and you just get regular commercials. Yeah. Yeah. It happens around this, that, Time slot every every week. Um, yeah, this match didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I actually yep. I actually thought Julia was going to win just because of how they've been pushing Varsity Blondes. We hadn't seen Penelope on TV for quite a while, right? Um, but Penelope got the win. I guess that makes sense. With she is probably the bigger star out of the two right now. Um, and then we saw Miro come out after the match and attack yep. Varsity Blondes, which is going to set up a future match with him and Brian Pillman Jr. Um, I'm digging that. That match is on uh, oh, yeah. June thirtieth. Um, that'll be a good one. Um, but Can't yeah, it that. just, it just didn't do, didn't do much for me. Um, it was a late addition to the card. Uh, this match was for the women's division. Um, 
I don't know. I just yeah, it was. You it could tell it was. it was a late edition, quickly thrown together. Yeah, uh, they didn't really have much chemistry. Um, but no, you know, Julia's still green. Penelope's yeah. still green. Yeah. Um, so it was a decent match overall. But again, uh, Penelope got the win via submission, which was a pretty interesting submission move. She struggled to get it, it in was. at the beginning, uh, but once she locked it in, that was that. Yeah, so. it hurt hurt watching her try to lock it in. I can't bend I, I half, can't. half that way. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, post-match, Miro came out, asked where Kip was, and then said, you know, I, I can't just leave her out there with you guys and attacks of the Varsity Blondes. Uh, my favorite part of the post-match was when JR called him Flying Brian. Just because, you know, that was his dad. And I hadn't yeah. really heard Brian Pillman Jr. be called Flying Brian at this point. So I think of, it was an MLW, MLW a little bit, but okay. I don't think they've really called him an AEW too much, but JR does what he wants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Maybe he's pushing to get out of that contract when it ends. Well, it's <laughs> coming up after 2022. So. Yep. Uh, we get another backstage segment where Tony is talking with Dr. Britt Baker, the AEW Women's Champion. Of course, you know, the whole DMD, mm-hmm. her little gimmick, uh, quickly interrupted by Vicky Guerrero, uh, says that Nyla wants the belt. Britt says, oh, we should just give it to Vicky because she wants it for Nyla. And then, you know, Vicky says, well, look, I did. I brought Andrade in. Tony Khan owes me a favor. So it's going to be. Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. And this is when we find out that it's Wednesday, June 30th at 8 p.m. for Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, advertising that on Twitter this week because they said they were going to announce the main event for when return of Wednesdays on June 30th. And that's going to be the wrap-up of the shows at Daily's Place, at least for now, even though Tony Khan, he was on um, – an exclusive interview with uh, Brandon Walker Barstool Sports on his wrestling podcast. He said they will make returns back to Daly's Place for shows in the future. Um, that's always going to be like a homecoming show. So they're not going to completely just not go back there even within the next year. But right. it's not going to be, you know, I mean, starting July 7th going forward, it's different city every week live. I mean, this after the night, tape shows are done for at least yep. a long time after the night, which is fantastic. <sighs> Absolutely. Um, so, and another thing Tony said while we're on that topic, he said he has got a lot of surprises up his sleeve for the next year that nobody knows about. Mm. And he said, I'm not bullshitting you. That's what he told Brandon. He goes, I have a lot. It's got to be a big year. It's like, yeah. Okay. I mean, nobody, still the biggest one to date is probably Sting. Nobody saw that coming. So it's pretty exciting when you hear him talk like that. Yep. Um, after that, we get. More matches announced for Wednesday as it'll be Miro versus Brian Pillman with G- Griff Garrison and Julia Hart for the TNT. That's for the 30th, right? June for the 30th. 30th. Yeah. Yes. And we'll see MJF versus Sammy Guevara, which we've been talking about. It was coming up, but we thought it'd be a little bit later. Yeah, I said all out. Then I got to think, I'm like, there's too many special dynamites between now and all out to probably do one of those. I didn't think it was just going to be the... The Wednesday Dynamite, though, but that is the main event yeah. of the show, so that's that's gonna be good. It's gonna be good that's stuff. That's gonna be how they close out Daly's place. Yeah, so, fitting. Very fitting for those two. Uh, we get a hype video for FTR and Pride and Powerful. The two teams talk back and forth. Uh, Santana and Ortiz talk about how they've carried AEW even without the titles, so they don't care. Those will always be there. They're more worried about not spending money and making sure that they're carrying the company, which I thought was kind of cool. And maybe they close out one of the special dynamites. That'd be nice to see those guys. Uh, Santana and Ortiz definitely deserve it as do FTR. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, not always been a huge FTR fan. They're growing on me now that they have more of their own creative control. Um, and I'm glad they just stuck with the FTR instead of coming up with a whole new name. Would have made those old BTE episodes kind of obsolete. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of vice versa. I've I, I've always liked them since they were in WWE. Proud and powerful starting to grow on me. I was never the biggest fan of them, but now ever since Inner Circle and Babyface, I'm really. I feel like they've got more aggressive, and I, I like their like their style. 
Yeah, uh, not an Ortiz fan. Been a Santana fan for a long time, though. Uh, of yeah. course, I can recall back to the LAX days. Sure. When they were both in it, but Santana came in a little earlier, so kind of got yeah. to know him ahead of time. Uh, backstage again for another backstage segment. As Mark Sterling talks about Jade Cargill having a new partnership with the hotel as they expand her brand. Uh, Sterling says they've got some promo codes that they're going to be using uh, that, as Mm -hmm. they refer to her as, uh, will be the promo code if anybody wants to use that, which I really don't see any company picking up on that apart from maybe AEW as a Jade Cargill special deal. Maybe Um, a wrestling figure podcast will somehow because. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will, but, you know, as in big companies, I don't see it happening. And Mark Sterling did sign a contract with AEW about two weeks ago. I read. Okay. Okay. They read down five full. So, yeah. Up next was our trios match, which they no longer referring to as six-man tag matches. They are now trios matches. Mm -hmm. Wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe because there's rumor again about uh, those trio belts coming coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, Everybody thought it was the other day, and it was the replica uh, yeah. AEW title, which is yeah, great looking belt, but the price Oof. is a little steep. Yeah, uh, we get to the main event. Lots of action in this main event. It was back and forth through the entire thing. You know, we said I don't see the elite losing this, but there were numerous times throughout that match. I said, okay, the elite's done here. They're not going to pull this victory off. Uh, sorry, got distracted by shiny objects. A truck just drove by with its wheels lit up. Weird. Happens. <laughs> Anything can happen when you're live and you have a That is right. Um, overall, the Elite did win this match. Uh, Anderson goes up top with a super net breaker on Penta for the cover for a 1-2-3. Lots and lots of back and forth action. Lots of high flying spots. The typical stuff you expect to see when Penta's in the ring, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, along with not so much Matt. Now, if Nick would have been in there, I'm sure there would have been a lot more high-flying spots. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, it was nice to see Kazarian come out and be dominant to yeah. an extent. Um, I like that trio of Penta, Kazarian, and Eddie. I know it's a short-lived trio, but um, I I can get behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought everybody looked pretty strong in this match. Uh, you mentioned Nick Jackson wasn't in the match, but he did get involved later on in, with the cold yep. spray can. Um, it's always just weird to see when only one of the one bucks, one of the bucks is in action, not the other. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. Thought it was really good. Uh, one of my complaints, and I've had this complaint for a little while, is I thought going into night. With Matt and the in the and the Good Brothers, I thought they were going to use the new like super elite theme that they came out with. That they've used it once. It's a really cool theme. Didn't use it. Then of course they come out the Young Bucks theme. I like the Young Bucks theme music. Don't like it with the heel box. No. I wish they had a different theme. It's a it's a face it's, box it's, yeah. theme. And I'm surprised they haven't acknowledged that and addressed that till now. Yeah. But I know I don't think they're going to if they haven't done it yet. Um. But a uh, good match, the elite one with shenanigans again. Um, yeah, we're not going to see a clean win for no, the elite. No, um, yeah, it's it is getting a little redundant for me, a little repetitive. Give me something other than cold spray. Is yeah, like we need, when we had a two month yeah. stretch of uh, roll up pins. Right when I, I just want something. I, if it's the Bullet Club coming over from Japan or something, I want something to spice this thing up. It's just getting a little too blah for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm but a good of, match. Good match, though. Oh, yeah. It, you had six very talented guys in there. It was a great match. I mean, I could probably talk an hour about this match. Yeah. And there's every little just, thing. But, I mean. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're relying on us for results, go watch this match. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was dynamite. Uh, Tanner, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, good, good show. I'm just so glad it's last Friday night dynamite. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. We enjoy covering these, but it's just, it's a long, long night. Um, yes. I enjoyed this show more. I think than I did last week, but my ratings going to be a little down. If that makes sense. 
Oh, uh, I, I give, understand. I'm gonna give it a gonna give it a seven this week. I almost went at six point five. Okay. I'll get a seven. There's just a few things I, I didn't care for the women's match. Um, a lot of a lot of backstage things this week, um, which you expect, I guess, with the tape show. Right. Um, and, and the, of course, you could tell it's the tape show because I'm sure the crowd that was there was loud, but that was a lot of piped in noise tonight. A little yeah. distracting at times. Um, yeah. But but there were some good matches, too. Um, I know Twitter had mixed feelings about the opener, but I enjoyed it just because it was different. So I'll, I'll go with a 7 out of 10. Well, I'm going to go with what you were going to go with and give it a 6.5. Um, again, I know it's a tape show, but way too many backstage segments. I mean – you could put the backstage segments together and probably have an almost an hour. The first hour could have been backstage segments and you could fit the action into the last hour. Yep. Yeah. Just, just my opinion. That's how it felt. It may not have actually worked out that well timing wise, but that's what it felt like. It did. It did. Uh, who's your wrestler of the night? You know, uh, I'm not sure yet. So why don't you go ahead and go first? Rock hard. Jake Hager. Okay. I've never gave right. Big Jake that award before. Um, a good win for him over Wardlow. I mean, he got his he get, got his revenge over him from losing him, and the inner circle keeps racking up wins. That's that's one thing. I'm like, the Pinnacle needs a win soon. Like they're kind of losing momentum. I've got a feeling MJF's going to beat Sammy. I think you're right. I mean, Sammy can take the loss and then not really hurt him. Correct. So MJF has one singles loss in AW, and it was the Moxley when Moxley kind of cheated. Cheated. All out last year. So, yeah. He's got a few tag losses, but. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with Brock Anderson for his debut. Oh, I like that. Picking up like the victory. Uh, looking strong. I mean, if that's not a complete clone of Arn Anderson <laughs> freaky, man. with hair implants, I'm shocked. It's freaky. That's a good pick. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing Brock's career. Yeah, expand and I'm sure it's going to blow up pretty quickly. Well, you know, if we talked about this a few months ago, there was a podcast that Arn was on and he hinted at an angle or a storyline coming up that was going to be life changing for him. It, it's got to be this. That's oh, got to yeah. be what he was referring to. It just yep. took longer to come in fruition than we thought. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in this training and everything, he, he probably wasn't coming along as fast as they thought he would or something so yep but um real quick before we wrap things up uh the upcoming dynamite schedule next saturday is saturday night dynamite of course then a quick turnaround for the back to wednesdays on uh june 30th that's gonna end in daly's place and then they're on the road going down to miami for road rager is what they're calling it this year it's not like beach break or bash at the beach or anything it's road rager that's in miami And then you're going to have night one and night two of Fighter Fest, both in Texas, and then uh, Fight for the Fall in, in Charlotte. And I haven't seen too many shows announced for August yet, but in September they're going to go to New York, New Newark, where it was supposed to be Blood and Guts last year in New Jersey. That's going to be on September fifteenth, um, I believe. And then September twenty second is Dynamite Grand Slam, which is going to be at Arthur Ashe Stadium where the U.S. Open tennis tournament's played. It's a really, really cool venue. I'm uh, anxious to see what it's going to look like for wrestling. I think it's going to be a hot ticket. I hope it sells out. New York City is probably the best pro wrestling market there is in the United States, if not the world. And, um, yeah, that's going to be a great show. I'm already looking forward to that one. Yes. And uh, before we do anything else, I've got an announcement. I told you when I beat you for the KOP predictions championship that I was a fighting champion. You did. I have decided I am going to put it on a line on the line for a dynamite, and we will see me defend it Wednesday, July seventh. All right. So the Road Rager one. First on the road show. We're going to do like Road it. Rager. Uh, I'll like defend it. it. We'll we'll do what we've always done. We'll make predictions. Um, and then rate those predictions, you know, on a scale of one to however many matches we may not yeah, have 10 matches yeah. this time. Um, most points wins the belt. Hopefully yeah, I, I like retain. It. I accept your challenge. Um, I'm ready to go. I like that. You're a fight. You're a better fighting champion than I was. <laughs> I held on to that thing from 
revolution until I couldn't anymore double or nothing. So, yep. Yeah. But uh, good to have you back this week, Paul. It's a lot easier to do this podcast with a co-host. <laughs> when I'm just talking to myself, it was it was not easy. But uh, I noticed you didn't make it an hour last week. No, it wasn't even a half an hour. It was pretty quick. But the, the yep. show must go on, and we're still growing the brand and growing the podcast. We appreciate everybody who listens every week and watches us. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. Of course, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're really trying to grow that. You can find all of our past videos and in interviews and, and media calls. And we had two throwback interviews. Uh, Paul, back in 2019, before AEW came to Indianapolis, he interviewed uh, Nick and Matt Jackson of the Unbucks, of course, and also Cody and Brandy Rhodes. So great interviews. Go check those out. Those are on our YouTube and Instagram and um, Facebook. Uh, Twitter is linked to our YouTube. So, yep, absolutely. Um, Paul, why don't you wrap us up with your final thoughts and uh, where everybody can expect to listen to us next week. And with that, we'll be back uh, next Saturday night as we get back to a 10 o'clock time frame instead of a midnight time frame. Can't wait. And join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.